Everyone's got opinions when it comes to leadership, and let's be honest, how many experts do we all know? But where can we find real leadership advice that's not BS? Well, look no further. Welcome to No BS Leadership, where on each episode, we attempt to expose the gap between what leaders think they should be doing and what actually works. Listen in as we irritate some, inform others, and challenge all leaders to discover a better path to the leadership excellence we all want. Hello, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you are, loyal listeners. This is the continuation of our series. Come on, give me a break, man. Gosh, Conroy. This is the continuation of our series. We... Our last episode, we talked about intention and we had a great conversation about it. We're talking about the superhero powers of leaders and the intention behind activities and how that can increase productivity and how we can use that to help people become awesome at what they do. So today, one of the other superpowers that we're going to talk about is attention. And I am joined today by Miss Myra Hall, Jeffrey Geyer. Dr. Sam Jennings and Mr. Jeff Conroy. And I am Hello. Jeff Geoff McLaughlin with Perfect Dose of Play. And I thought it would be interesting since we talk, started the last episode with a definition of intention and where it came from. I actually looked it up and I thought, huh, interesting. It is a noun, which obviously makes sense, but there are multiple definitions of the word attention. And so when it comes down to it, is the act or faculty of attending, especially by directing the mind to an object. So focusing on a specific thing, a very specific thing. It can be also psychologically, the concentration of the mind on a single object, thought, or especially one preferentially selected from a complex with a view to limiting or clarifying receptivity by narrowing the range of stimuli. Obviously, I did not come up with that in that definition because that was way too scientific for my brain. It just meant being able to focus on a single thing. You can also give attention. So I thought it would be interesting to take this conversation and talk about as leaders, what are the things that we need to give attention to or pay attention to? And what's the difference? What is the difference between paying attention and giving attention, specifically in that leadership capacity? Because as leaders, obviously, you have a large purview, You, depending on the size of your organization and exactly what your roles are. But at the most times, you, you're having to have this big, large overview. Your attention is not down in the weeds, right? You got to stay out of that so that you can see the larger picture of things so that you can lead an organization. What are the things that you really have to be aware of and pay attention to in order to be successful? And again, it could be very dependent upon the industry that you are in. So let's see real fast. Mr. Conroy, I'm interested because you of where you are right now in your position and then where you've come from, the world of nonprofits and really helping people that way. What were the things that you really had to pay attention to in the world of nonprofits? First question I've got is, how is this different than vision? That's a good question. I think vision is where you want to go. Sure. The vision is what you want to get to, right? The vision is, okay. yeah. So attention is that the specific things that help go into your vision. Gotcha. What are the okay. things that, yeah, that, mm. that help you get there? So you asked the question of what are the things that I pay attention to as a nonprofit mm-hmm. leader? Money, membership, and manpower. It's real simple. 
You got to have, you got to raise enough money to exist. You got to have stakeholders to participate and you got to have people to make it happen. And that's really the three plates that I really spun a lot. Now I had people underneath me that worked on more focused areas of the agencies. Um, but for me at the 30,000 foot level, it was money membership and manpower. Those are the three things that I had in my matrix to make sure that we were being successful and all. So that also helped me focus on what do we need to work on? If we are, if we're, are we low on money, then we need to start working on money. When we talk with the development director and what are we doing about raising more money? Membership, if we need more stakeholders, let's talk to case managers. Let's talk to business reps that are out in the community. How do we get them to participate and help our nonprofit? And then manpower, volunteers. How do we get more volunteers? So that's why I would come up with volunteer days and volunteer projects for volunteers to do. And because to me, volunteers, if they have a successful, fun time helping with your nonprofit, you've got positive ambassadors in the community talking about you. So yeah, money, membership, and manpower. Those are the three areas that I really focused on. Awesome. And I like that you said that you, if you had something that was lacking in one of those, that, that you started to give your attention to, mm-hmm. to that, which is, I think, really part of paying attention. Do you remember the old Ed Sullivan? There was a guy, Ed Sullivan show, there was a guy on there that had the dowels, the long sticks, and they put the plates on him. He's constantly spinning the plates. That's how I see most leaders' jobs. <clears throat> most leaders are spinning plates. And you'll hear me say that on occasion. We're spinning plates. Once a plate starts to wobble, I need to go spend, pay attention to that plate. So that's how I equate leadership is everyone's got different amounts of plates and they got to pay attention to all the plates. And when a plate starts to wobble, you got to pay attention to that plate. I really like that metaphor. Cause yeah, a lot of people got a lot of plates spinning and if they start to wobble, cause once one of them falls down, what happens? Yeah, you're in trouble. And that if I, I the, going back to nonprofits, I've heard nonprofits fall into financial issues and, and that's devastating. That's when you start laying people off and you start cutting programs and your reputation takes a hit. People give money to make a difference. And when they see a nonprofit failing after they were given money, they aren't seen in a good light sometimes. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So Dr. Sam, what coach and working with those CEOs, executive leaders, what are some of the things that you help leaders with in that attention world is, I don't know if that's a great question or not. How do you help leaders with attention and what they're doing? It's a good question because... One of my clients who doesn't happen to be in that executive suite was talking about how they know when things aren't working. And I think we all know when things get broken. So my question was, how do you know you're on the path being broken? Because if it's preventable, what are the flags that tell you before you even get there that you're on the way? And so the metaphor to pivot from the, the spinning plates idea works in one way. Another way is, as you're driving and listening to this, you look at your dashboard and you've got your speed, you have temperature, you have fuel gauge, and you're paying attention to all these things in some capacity. You're giving attention to the traffic, the pedestrians, everything happening in front of you. So that's how I differentiate those two indicators as you described. Nothing is to be ignored, but it doesn't all need your focus every moment of the day. For example, in the car, very specifically, if your temperature gauge is living in the middle, where it almost always does, life is good. You almost never have to even look at it unless you feel like something else is going on. Wait a second. This is abnormal vehicular behavior. What's my temp? What's going on here? And a lot of companies have dashboards. Those aren't meant to be looked at necessarily every single day or certainly not every hour. But give it 
the overview, give the attention while you're paying attention to the day-to-day operations and make sure that you're taking the steps daily to make sure that dashboard reads what it needs to read in the long run. Yeah. That's very interesting because you have to pay attention, but what are you giving your attention to? That that brings up a, a different question. As a leader, how do you develop the discernment on knowing the difference? I'll give that one over to Mr. Geyer or Myra or I can share anybody. Where does that discernment come from when knowing what to give your attention to versus what to pay attention to? If I can jump in here, Geoff, I think attention as a leader is probably one of our biggest or most essential skills that as a leader, we must pay attention to or give attention to our emotional and organizational and strategic goals or intelligence or however you want to say that. And that to do that as a leader, I first have to focus my own attention on myself. And it's one thing, go listen to our episodes about burnout. If you're not focused on yourself, that's one of the indicators of burnout. So I have to pay attention to myself as a leader. I have to pay attention to others, right? The people I lead, the people I'm responsible for. And I also have to pay attention or direct my attention to greater organization or the outside world, if you want to say it that way. And if I fail to do those three things, if I fail to focus inward, then I'm kind of rudderless, right? I end up burned out and on the rocks. I guess if I'm rudderless, my ship is going to be run aground. And if I don't focus on others, then I'm clueless, right? I haven't paid attention. I don't know what's going on. I'm really clueless with the, what's going on with the people around me. And if I don't focus on the larger world, if that's the way to say it, then I, I have a tendency to be blindsided. Things will happen that, that I wasn't aware of because I wasn't paying attention. So to me, it's a three-pronged approach. I have to pay attention to myself. I have to pay attention to other people. And I have to pay attention to the larger world. And to carry Dr. Sam's analogy, we have different gauges. In my example here, or my belief, I have three gauges, myself, others, and the larger world. And I don't stare at one gauge the whole time. It depends upon what's going on. If the, in Dr. Sam's dashboard thing, if we're coming to a change in the speed limit, it's going from highway speed to town speed, then I'm watching my speedometer. If I know I've been in the car for six hours, now I might be paying attention to the fuel gauge or those kind of things. So you have to divide your attention to me in those three areas. And at times you'll be in one area more than others, but they're all important and and you need to pay attention to them. Yeah. Wow. First of all, that was thank you. And second of all, I the car analogy, all of a sudden I realized, oh my gosh, I have a teenager who's starting to drive. And I thought (laughs) every time I get in the car with him, I because those are things that I do naturally because I'm accustomed to them because that's what we do, right? If you drive, if you've driven for any amount of time, you just... You glance, you look, you see, you're around, you know what's behind you, you know what's in front of you, you know what's coming to the side, you're aware of what the lights are. That You're very aware of the outside world. You're also aware of your internal world and what you're doing. But when you're a new driver, you're, you have to practice intentionality with doing those things. 
Because if you don't know, oh, wait, where's my blinkers? And you have to look and find, like you're looking down, you're not paying attention to what's in front of you and what's around you because you're trying to figure out where the heck is the darn blinker switch. As leaders, especially young leaders, people who would go into that leadership position and haven't been there before, that intentionality of, I need to know what to pay attention to is super vital, which is why we started with intentionality. And now we're talking about attention. Myra, you... Yeah, I get the advantage of listening to all of the sages before I get to jump in. So th- that's awesome. A couple of things came to mind. This is a superpower. Again, it, that, it, it is something that's available to all of us. It is not always used as a power. The first thing that struck me was when Jeff Geyer said, you have to pay attention. Pay attention means there's a cost. There's a cost to attention, and that is getting rid of distractions. Focus in on whatever it takes to be able to focus. And we, you can expand on that and talk about multitasking, which is impossible. You're just mere, merely switching your focus very rapidly. And when you do, you lose some of that. And studies show up to 25% of your ability to solve a problem or to work forward. So keep in mind that paying attention is there's a cost. There's a cost in shutting out everything else and just focusing on what you need to pay attention to. And the other thing is what happens when you don't pay attention? When you say, I can't do that, I don't have time. What's There's other excuses. I've got better things to do. They should be taking care of this on their own. There's all kinds of excuses why you can't make that payment. And what happens? What happens is you step into reaction rather than action or pro proaction. That's not the word. I proactive. Want, proactive. Thank you. Yeah. So words are hard. Yeah, I know they are, especially at my age. All <laughs> those letters. Words are hard. <laughs> I know what I mean. It's just not coming up to the top. So you're either proactive or you're reactive. And the less attention you pay, the less you're willing to bear the cost of attention, the more you're going to have to respond to fires because they are happening when you never notice a smoke. And the more that you do pay the price of attention, then you're going to be ahead of, you can be proactive in in steering your people, guiding your people, leading your people in to the path that is the most, most likely to reach the goals that, that you had set out. So. Can, can, can I ask a question? When I was leading, no. when I was leading, just, did. that was it. That was it. Okay. Wow. Remember your audience. <laughs> Remember your audience. <laughs> Listener, this is what I got to put up with. When I was, when leading organizations, I always created what I call the one sheet. It was just a, everything, everything I wanted to pay attention to. And where were we at that time? And I would do it for a week at a time or sometimes somewhere a month at a time just to keep track. How are store sales doing? How many people are we helping? How much money have we brought in? Just a, a kind of a one sheet. And that's that was done. I updated that thing every day. Every morning I would update it. That was kind of my dashboard. Mr. Geyer, in your world of banking and healthcare, did you ever have a one sheet type thing that you had? Oh, absolutely. Great question. We, I called it the dashboard. It, were, it was the not every indicator, no. but the critical indicators that you, yes. that you to pay attention to. Absolutely. And some of it was focused on people. Some of it's focused on finance. 
Yep. So sometimes, depending upon what was going on or what we thought was going on, they're indicators of what was going on outside of our business, that bigger worldview, not really the worldview, but maybe community view, especially in the community banking realm, wanting Mm -hmm. to know or paying attention to what's going on in the community, which is where we're trying to do business was important. Exactly. And I, I always wanted the numbers. So when I was doing public speaking, or if I ran into a possible large donor or someone, I knew the numbers right at the top of my head. Hey, just as, just yesterday, we served XYZ people. Hey, did you know that in 2020, we served this X amount of people? It was just, for me, it was also I had up-to-date information. I really struggled with nonprofits. I'll stick with nonprofits. That I'll, when I ask a question, they'll say, oh, three years ago, we had this, but we've never, I've never, I haven't done it since. I really haven't checked since. I think a nonprofit needs to know exactly where they are every day. And that's my opinion, because you can have someone walk in and say, I got to give $25,000. I want to give to a, a nonprofit that's really impactful. What kind of numbers do you do? Well, I agree with that totally, Jeff, that we need to, as leaders, and I think you could do this personally too, we need to know where we are. Because if you don't know where you are, how will you possibly know what you need to do or where you need to go to get to where you want to go? Exactly. It would be like saying, I want to go to New York City. Although with all the smoke, maybe not New York City. Let's say I, I want to go to uh, Orlando. <laughs> Humidity. But if you had no idea where you were, you would have no idea how to get to Orlando. So abs- I agree with you of 100%. Exactly. You have to know where you are. Ha, yep. So I know that I'm five foot 10, I weigh 150 pounds. I know exactly where I am. You have to be honest. You got to be honest in your assessment of where you are. <laughs> Screw you guys for laughing. Screw you. Hate you all. Uh, okay. So wait, that brings up a good question. You have to know where. Don't lie. You've got to be honest to yourself, right? Realistic. Yourself. Yeah. But how do you determine what needs the most attention? Let's say you are new in a leadership role and Everything seems like it's good on the outside, but then all of a sudden you walk in and it is a dumpster fire. It's a mayonnaise jar. you're like, it's a mayonnaise jar. Oh, I can't get out. You can't see outside of it. Pretty and shiny on the outside. Right? And gross on the inside. (laughs) So what do you do? How do you even determine what are the things that need your attention and what needs the most and first and fastest and with intensity? What? How can you do that? Yes, Myra. (laughs) I have to go back to my favorite author of all time, Dr. Stephen Covey. And what? He, uh, have you ever heard of that? I liked him so well. There, see, he has a little bit of wisdom for everything. One of the things he writes, and I can't remember which habit it is, but it's first things first. And he did a whole book on that. And he incorporates the Eisenhower matrix. You've heard of that. Then, you know, you get the gist of what's urgent and unimportant, what's urgent and important. And it goes through all the thing. And that's where you need to start. What is taking up your most time? What is taking up the time? And usually it's the urgent and unimportant because it's become a fire. So there, there is, I wish I could say that there is a 911 you could call and they just put out all the fires and you could start rebuilding from scratch, but that's not always possible. It takes attention. It takes intention to get this straightened out and to be able to separate it out into what is really important. What do I need to get rid of? Who do I need to get rid of? And where do I need to head for? Is it, that's it. I 
can't recommend First Things First enough by Dr. Stephen Covey. If you look outside of your organization and it looks like shiny, happy people and you walk in and it's a three ring fecal festival, the what do you pay attention to is the people in the show. I don't want to right? tease you for that. First and foremost, because the organization is only as strong as the people in it. Correct. And we can look at, oh, we better profits, we need better hours, we need better service, we need a new agreement with our lease, whatever it is. All that doesn't matter if the people that are going to be doing it don't give a flying rat's fender. So how do you make sure that the people you've got are engaged and moving toward a common purpose? And on occasion, most people need to find their happiness in a different space. That can happen. Yep. But focusing on the people is the prime way to start turning that ship around. Yeah. That's good stuff, Dr. Sam. The festival gets created because we're not paying attention to the correct things like Myra was talking about. It's I learned it back in the military that when you're up to your hiney and alligators, it's hard to remember that the prime objective was to drain the swamp. And that's what Myra was talking about with Covey's first thing first. If the prime objective, whatever our goal is, whatever our mission is to drain the swamp, then drain the swamp. The alligators will go away. If you've got a fecal festival going on, I love that, going on in your organization, <laughs> it's because you're not paying attention to the right things. It, 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 it doesn't typically doesn't happen organically. You caused it to happen by what you're doing or what you're not doing. Drain the swamp if you want the alligators to go away or flush the toilet if you want the fecal festival to go away. I don't know. I don't know how that works. I don't know how that one works. <laughs> Call a plumber. I don't know. Actually, speaking Call of calling a plumber, sometimes you need that, right? And if you're in the midst of that, if you as a leader right now are in the midst of that fecal festival or the alligator swamp and you're getting chomped on and you just need a little outside perspective or someone to give a listening ear. I know a few people that are pretty darn awesome at helping those of you in need. So we are the team at the No More Leadership BS podcast. If you would like to, we would actually love it if you would do a couple of things. One, hit the like button on all of the platforms that you can listen to this to. And two, reach out to us. You can find us on the socials and all the social media stuff. You can also email us at Ask us at leadershipbs.co and we would be more than happy to schedule a time with you or listen to your story or whatever it is that you need to help be successful, to help you feel like you're on the right path, that you have that GPS on your dashboard so you know where you're going. Because that's, again, one of those really important indicators. Do you know where you're going? If not, that's a good place to start. So from all of us here at the No More Leadership BSPF, no Lula? more BS leadership podcast. Whew. That was a mouthful on that one. I only had six cups of coffee. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you. Have a wonderful rest of your week. And next week we continue, I believe, with Dr. Sam and our next superpower for leaders. So tune in. Thank you very much. Have a great day. We'll talk to you later. Bye. 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 Later, bye.